Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. Okay, freaks, we're joined on the star line by musician, singer, songwriter, drummer for a hailstorm, out on tour, supporting the album Back from the Dead. We welcome RJ Hale. Wow, thank you for that, that amazing intro. I, I, I love, uh, a lot of people don't add those credits to my name, so I really appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> RJ, let's go beyond the mic. Recorded during the pandemic, how did Back from the Dead challenge you creatively? Oh my God, how did it not challenge me creatively? Um... Well, first of all, I feel like every time we go in the studio, we have a little bit more experience. We feel a little more comfortable in that surrounding. Uh, but at the same time, like we never want to get too comfortable. Like we never want to feel like we're not challenging ourselves and we're not g- giving our audience something new and something fresh and creative while still staying true to our sound. It's like, I mean, but then again, it, it's always going to sound like us because it's us. Duh, you know, it's just, that's just how it goes. Uh, but I, uh, during the pandemic, I started co-writing with, uh, Scott Stevens, who was our, uh, our, he, he was, uh, one of two producers that worked on the album with us, him and Nick Reskulenik, who we'd worked with before. And he's brilliant. Uh, both of them are brilliant. But during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of writing with, uh, Scott and, um, I was programming drums for a lot of songs and I was just kind of putting my own personality into it. And, uh, and and I would send him these crazy drum tracks, and uh, and he was like, "Oh my god, like you can play all this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is how I like to play." And he was like, "Oh man, like we we gotta apply this type of playing to to the new Hailstorm record." So he started just throwing me curveballs out the window uh, while I was while I was tracking both him and Nick. Nice. Uh, just like they kept on telling me, like, "No, like can you play? Can you play more? Can, can you add some more double bass? Add a." Cr- do a crazy, insane fill right here. And I'm just like, oh my, like, so like, the, the, to put it plainly, it's the first time in my career that a producer has told me to play more. Usually the protocol in the studio is to simplify everything, dumb it down, leave a lot of space. But for this record in particular, Scott uh, especially had the, uh, the brilliant uh, foresight uh, saying that uh, if, if we go in the studio and we just leave a lot of space and we kind of, do the, our normal thing, the, the record would come out kind of sounding boring and kind of more generic. Um, and I feel like the, the uh, listeners of, uh, you know, fans of music, especially heavier music, they're, they're kind of craving something a little bit more chaotic. They're craving that, that passionate um, complexity in the playing, you know, like I, I feel like uh, the average Hailstorm fan is, you know, they also love bands like Slipknot. They also love bands like Gojira, uh, and and not that or Seven Dust or uh, you know like like not that not that we consider ourselves a metal band per se, but um, but we wanted to kind of apply uh, some of those chaotic moments because it it provides so much energy and so much passion in the overall song. So uh, for me, it was fun because I got to bring double bass back. Um, Scott was like, okay, you know, dust off your double pedal. Cause I got some crazy ideas. I was like, all right, I'm gay, man. Let's go for it. Uh, so that was, that was a fun challenge. Like it, it's like riding a bike. I used to play double bass and then I switched to single for years and now I'm playing double bass again. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm slowly kind of getting my chops back up to speed. <laughs> How did this insane pace challenge you? I mean, and then to have to recreate it when you go out on tour has to be challenging. Uh, yeah, well, well, one of the things that we had to do was I had to hit up my uh, drum company, Pearl, and uh, 
and get more drums because because <laughs> uh, uh, we 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 built a monster kit in the studio for me to play on, and now I had to recreate that that setup for the live show. So uh, it is much more physically demanding, uh, but that's just all the more reason for me to really take my physical health tremendously seriously while I'm on tour because I I you know during the end of the last album cycle we had been on the road for pretty much an entire decade nonstop from 2009 to 2019. So my, I, I felt like I was just physically deteriorating. My joints were hurting. Um, but since the, you know, the silver lining of being off the road for a year and a half really gave me a chance to focus on my physical health as well as mental health. Um, and now I feel much more prepared and much more able to continue to be able to do this and to challenge myself to play more complex parts. So, uh, that, that's a big part of it for me is just making sure that when I go on stage, I'm, I'm not in pain and, and I'm not in the mindset of like, Oh God, this is going to hurt. You know, I, I can hit the stage with confidence knowing that uh, it's going to be fun and I'm going to enjoy it. RJ, how did you spend your time during the pandemic to allow yourself to rest? I mean, you're a type A personality, you're always working, you're always on tour. How do you not go crazy being stuck at home? Well, that was kind of why, um, during the whole lockdown, all we could do was write that that's literally all we could do. So, uh, in order to stay busy and keep myself from going insane, that was the protocol. Like I was just texting and hitting up every single writer that I knew I was writing with Scott Stevens, Blair Daly, Zach Malloy, um, uh, uh, Jake Shear, uh, uh, Taylor Carroll, like all these, uh, all these prominent writers. And, um, it, yeah, it really helped me get through. And that was, uh, but, but even, uh, but like I was saying earlier, uh, I, uh, the, the other thing that kind of helped me get through, uh, the lockdown was, you know, not only my incredible girlfriend and my adorable dog, you know, who I was really actually like another silver lining was that I kind of got to be like a normal person for once. And that kind of felt good, but you're right. You're so used to being in that hustle mode that like, you can't sit still. I, I, I really have a hard time sitting still. So uh, I guess the, the silver lining to the pandemic is that not only was I able to focus on my physical and mental health, but I also was able to strengthen myself as a songwriter because that's literally all I would do every single day is just write or I write by myself. I was, I was living in my, my girlfriend's uh, little two bedroom, one bathroom of, of, <laughs> of uh, house. And I, I turned uh, in Nashville and I turned the guest closet into a vocal booth. And <laughs> but, but since then we, we moved, I finally got a place out there and, and I kind of was able to build like a little makeshift studio. So yeah, that was just my protocol was, was songwriting. And if I needed an escape from that, then I would dive into my other passion, which is fragrance, which is perfumery. And I started like uh, making fragrance content and stuff like that. So uh, between those two things, it really helped me get through. So tell me the truth. What's it like working with your big sister all the time? Did she bully you growing up? <laughs> oh, the worst. The worst. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that, I, I feel very blessed that, uh, that I have a sibling that has so much respect and love for me as not only an artist or, and a fellow co-creator and, uh, and creative partner, but also as a, as a person, you know, like I, it's just, uh, I, I feel very fortunate that, uh, you know, her and I, amongst ourselves, have no ego uh, as far as it comes to having trust and faith in each other as uh, as songwriters and as co-creators and co uh, and co-founders of this little thing that we call Hailstorm. But also, when we acquired our bandmates, Joe and Josh, they also had the same mentality, and they also 
have zero ego and they're just very supportive and, and, um, you know, and, and just very happy to just be a part of this camp. And, you know, which is, I guess, I guess we, we all realize it cause we're just in our own world, but I guess that is kind of a rare thing in a lot of cases. It's your fifth album and you've been touring for a while, but I want to know, do you prefer smaller venues, the festivals, stadium tours? Where do you feel the most juice? <laughs> That's like picking your favorite kid. Come on now. No, I, 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 on, love, I, I really love all of them in there. Like, like I know this is going to sound like a cop out answer, but they all have their own something special about them in their own way. I love, uh, that we're at this point now where we get a nice variety of different sized venues. Uh, we're, we're starting to headline, uh, arenas in certain parts of the U S and UK and Europe. And, uh, but when we go to Australia or South America or Japan or New Zealand or things like that, we get to go back and play like smaller venues, very intimate venues. And we get to just get up in people's faces. And that's really fun in a sense. And then you also have the massive crazy festivals, which just keep getting better and better because we're, we're working our way further and further up on the bill. Um, so by the time we hit the stage, it's just completely full as far as the eye can see. And there's no feeling like that. Like, like that is just an absolute rush. Prime example, though, we played the Fillmore in New Orleans last night, and that crowd of maybe a thousand people, not even, uh, like the, the energy that we were getting from them, honestly kind of rivaled a lot of the festival crowds. So, uh, so um, yeah, like to, to answer your question, it's, it's hard to choose just one. It's a cop out, but I'll allow it. It is. It is. I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> now with your new band, that's unfiltered, unbridled, and unsupervised. Oh yeah, Chemical Fire. What should people expect from this project? Um, you're going to get a very, very unfiltered version of of my style of playing with no guardrail, basically. You know, uh, like I was saying earlier. You know, uh, uh, when I was writing with Scott and writing with Taylor and, and writing these Chemical Fire songs. I was putting, I kind of felt free to just kind of like, you know, uh, uh, write drum parts that I just felt right, just straight from the heart, you know? Uh, but with, with Hailstorm, there's always kind of been uh, a little bit of a compromise, which is good. You know, uh, you, you want to have the expertise of a producer, uh, especially when I was younger and less experienced. Um, it was definitely helpful for me to have, uh, to, to have that, um, that uh kind of more uh, to have more coaching from a producer like that but now that we've been doing it this long i definitely feel more confident and more uh freer in, in my abilities to to just uh be able to uh kind of adopt more of a style that uh, that is more fun for me to play and it kind of spawned from writing chemical fire stuff so uh yeah it, which is funny because the, the chemical fire songs influence the hailstorm songs of back from the dead. And now it's kind of a, a, a cyclical thing, but, uh, but yeah, uh, we're, we're uh, hoping to get some music out soon because uh, we launched the socials and now all we hear is just, where's the music? Where's the music? And we're like, Oh man, you know, I, we, we had no idea that like there would be such a demand to like, and, and so many people would just be chomping at the bit to hear it. So I feel very grateful that, uh, uh, that uh, a lot of people are very curious. So we're hoping to get some, some music out and I can't wait for people to hear a different side of me, you know, as a, you know, just kind of writing songs directly from my own experiences and from directly from the heart, so to speak, rather than, um, you know, uh, trying to apply my skills as a writer through the lens of some, of, of someone else singing it. So, uh, 
so yeah, it's it's a fun project, and and I'm I'm both me and Taylor are very stoked on it. And Scott, if you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. RJ Hale from Hailstorm joins us beyond the mic. It's time for the Rocking 88 Random Questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Oh, don't say that. That just puts pressure on me. <laughs> okay, RJ, what's the best Rick and Morty episode? Oh, no. No. I can't. I can't do that. Okay. Uh, this is going to be controversial. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, obviously, that's an impossible question because they're all so brilliant. But if I had to choose one right now, let's. Uh, I think a more fair question would be, uh, best, best, uh, Rick and Morty episode currently that like the first one that pops to your mind. And I think that it may have to be claw and hoarder from season four, which is about the slut dragons. And that is just, I'll be like, that's, that's me and Emily. Like that's like one of our favorite episodes. So, Very but I'm nice. so glad that you also love Rick and Morty. We love it. <laughs> it's one of our favorite shows ever. Do you still have your first drum kit that you stole from your sister still? I don't have that one, no. But I do have the first drum kit that my parents got me for Christmas when I was five years old. So. <laughs> what does one thing that Lizzie teases you about relentlessly? Um, she she started adopting the nickname Glowworm for me uh, about my green hair. Oh my! Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, I don't mind. It's fine. It's whatever. What's the best thing about Emily? Oh my God! That's that's too many things to. That's, that's too many things. Oh, thank, thanks for asking. What's one? What's one? The first well, thing you, that comes I'll, to your mind. I'll give you one thing I really greatly appreciate about Emily compared to a lot of the other previous relationships I was in is that she is fully independent and fully accepts what I do for a living and, uh, and never makes me feel even an ounce of grief or resentment for being on the road all the time. Like she actually uh, is super supportive and super understanding of what I do for a living. And she understands that I'm going to be away from home a lot. But, uh, but the, the other great thing about her is that she's always down to come out and hang out and come on and hop on the bus with us and, and go on adventures <laughs> all around the world. You know, we're, we're going to go to, uh, she's going to hop out uh, for our Europe tour in November and we're going to see Prague and we're going to see Croatia and all these cool places. So, yeah. Do you do yoga? And if so, what's your favorite pose? Uh, I don't do yoga, but I do like to meditate. So what's your favorite song to listen to, but it isn't one of yours? Oh, favorite song to listen to that isn't mine? Uh, okay, well, again, there's way too many. <laughs> I would have to say, though, currently, that the one song that really gets stuck in my head and will not leave, and I think is just one of the best, incredibly written songs from one of the most incredibly, uh, I feel like a modern album that will go down in history as one of the best examples of just incredible raw and passionate songwriting is uh traitor by olivia rodrigo i love that song what's your most used phrase uh my most used phrase uh oh gosh um oh uh stay smelly uh, the, the the my catchphrase on my fragrance channel dr magnificent <laughs> i say i say that all the time <laughs> And why is Oreo the best dog ever? Oh my God. Why isn't he the best dog ever? He's so chill. He's great. He's amazing. I love him. I love him. And I miss him. It's time <laughs> for the back half with our friend RJ Hale from Hailstorm Beyond the Mic with the energy that percussion makes. Music just doesn't have the same feeling without that energy of the drums. Who are three inspirational drummers of all time in your mind? Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Can, 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 I'm sorry. Look, my son's a percussionist studying at the University of Cincinnati, going to be a music teacher. Oh, cool. So he's got these three drummers that are in his inspirations. I just want to know what's yours because he wants to he wants to learn he wants to evolve he's teaching these kids in middle school okay. and he wants to broaden their minds on what drumming really is well first of all i'm sorry for swearing uh you can edit that out right <laughs> that's okay that's what the <laughs> is for thanks sorry about that sorry sorry my bad that was that was a tough one uh okay okay so i i, I would just have to say i think that if, if you're going to educate yourself on the art of drums then you have to kind of go back in time i i feel like Three of the best drummers, I, I would have to say, probably number one would be John Bonham. Very cool. Uh, uh, and and also number one, <laughs> uh, I can't rank them. No, uh, John Bonham, and uh, and also uh, even going further back, I would say Buddy Rich. And because uh, uh, there's there's something uh, there's something I experienced uh, last night in New Orleans, uh, going out and seeing jazz band. I I felt like I went to a mental gym the next day when we played the show. Uh, it, it felt like I was just like, had this, just, for some reason, just watching that, like did something to my brain, it connected some sort of neuron in my brain that made me play a even better performance for my own set. So I would have to say, yeah, definitely experience some jazz, but even going further back from that, like, like, you know, check out some, some classic, uh, like New Orleans style jazz drumming is like absolutely mind blowing. And then if, if you're wanting to like, uh, develop a really good groove and good pocket. I would say a more modern uh, drummer to check out would be someone like Questlove, who uh, who was a huge inspiration on me when when uh, I was really getting into hip hop drumming, and uh, he's one of the greatest of all time as far as just groove and pocket. You know, he's he's one of them. So uh, those would be my current three. I'd say to check out. Hellstorm is not only a family with you and your sis, but the incredible crew that puts together the show every day, the roadies, etc. How right. do you feel about this extended family? It's uh, it's one of the reasons that we love doing this. It's it's one of the main reasons that uh, that it makes touring so enjoyable. It's it's not necessarily it's it, it's ninety percent who you're with. You know the people that are in your camp, and and luckily we're we're lucky to have such an incredible crew that uh, are not only just all good, just good, solid people, but also a really great, they have such a great team mentality. When, when things are going wrong or if one crew member gets sick or, or has to go home for anything, like the rest of them are right there to pick up the slack. Uh, I've never seen such an efficient crew of people with just a real great team mentality. And that's why during the pandemic, we had the hashtag roadie strong uh, t-shirts, uh, just to kind of promote the fact that, you know, oftentimes you don't, the, the people behind the scenes are, are the people that you don't see and, and that are often kind of go overlooked. And I think it was very important for us to say that, um, out of every, out of all the, everyone in the music world, the ones that suffered the most were the touring, uh, crew people because they solely depend on being on the road. And when that was taken away from them, it was exceptionally hard. So, uh, a lot of bands were uh, doing all that they could to just make sure that their crew was still able to pay their bills. And, and thank you to all the fans out there that, that helped to support and, and chip in and, and help them out. Cause uh, yeah, they, they are the lifeblood of this, of this whole thing. You know, we couldn't do the show without them. It's time for one big question with RJ Hale from Hailstorm beyond the mic. Oh boy. RJ, what's one story from the road that makes you smile no matter what? You know, I, I don't think a lot of people know that um, 
when we were we were playing Lollapalooza in Sweden, and uh, and we were playing uh, the night Billy Eilish was headlining. We were watching Billy Eilish, uh, who just killed it, um, absolutely incredible. Uh, but uh, apparently, the Foo Fighters are playing the next day, and uh, we're standing side stage, and we look over to our left, and lo and behold, with all of their kids is Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins just hanging out side stage right next to us. And we looked over at them, and they looked over at us, and we saw Dave with his kid on his shoulders, like, walking up, and he was like, hey, are you guys? And before he could finish the sentence, we were like, yes, yes, we're Hailstorm. Nice to meet you, Mr. Grohl. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we, got, we, we, we got to meet Dave, and, you know, we, we have a very similar circle. We, we both worked with the same producer, Dave, Nick Resculinic, and uh, so we knew a lot of people that knew them and kind of, we were kind of like always kind of on their radar, but we never actually crossed paths. So that was the one time that we got to meet Dave and Taylor. And I'm so, well, actually, I'm sorry, that, that would be the second time I met Taylor personally, but the first time that uh, all of us got to interact with both Dave and Taylor. And I'm so grateful to this day that we got the opportunity. So, uh, and everybody listening, do a shot for Taylor right now. Let's let's just let's let's cheers him. You know, God rest his soul. I miss that dude. How did Taylor influence you? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like both Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. Who would have thought that like two of the greatest rock drummers of our generation were in the same band together? Crazy, right? That's cool. <laughs> I feel uh, you know I would I would honestly put both of them in my drummers to check out list as well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, when we were making our first record, it was when. Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace came out, and it was uh, a heavier, more aggressive version of the Foo Fighters. And I actually got, we got to see them at the Avalon uh, doing like this little private club show, and it was just mind blowing. So uh, I think, I think uh, it was inevitable that um, seeing them and being such huge fans of that album, and of course being huge fans of them for, for since they came out, essentially. Uh, I think that a lot of that influence definitely seeped its way onto our first record and sequentially every record after that. He loves the freedom of chemical fire. Lizzie calls him glow worm and he wants you to stay smelly. We thank RJ Hale from Hailstorm yes. for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, well, thank you so much for, for taking the time. It's so good to, to get to chat. This honestly was so fun. And that, my friends... Thank you for the really hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish this, RJ. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.